feel like the only way to start this podcast off is to offer a humble apology. <laughs> <laughs> a humble apology. It's it's been a while. Alright, listen. Oh, hey, it's, <laughs> it's definitely it's been, been a long time. It's, it's been that time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're uh, back, week nine. Well, show nine. However you want to grade it, we're back for the ninth episode of Off the Turnbuckle. Um, in studio, joined by, of course, Alexis and Javon. This is the Ten YS uh, Podcasting Network. Welcome in. Guys, yo, it's, it's, it's been a minute. It's been we, a, we, we missed real, a lot. A we lot has happened. A lot I mean, happened. I think we're I, at I, this point is it's hard to even recap the last pay per view. No, it's just the going and where we're at. I, I, I mean, do we ways, even want to recap the last pay per view? That's, that's, I, that's I, I mean, let's be honest I for a second. Like if we had been doing pods the last couple of weeks, we'd been like, you know what, we out on this until like right. the SummerSlam go home. So right. I think having missed a couple of weeks may actually be of benefit because we get to kind of skip over the stuff that nobody now really the, wants to talk about. The real about. fun begins yeah. from this point, especially looking at, at last night and SmackDown. John Cena losing to Nakamura, making Nak the, the number one contender. Like we, we in a good place right now. We, we have some good things to look forward to and for, for SummerSlam. So I think we, we had a good point to have a, a conversation about what's going on in the world of WWE, and maybe a little bit about what's going on outside of WWE and how that affects. Right. So I guess we might as well start with I guess what what at this point. We'll start with Raw. What's the biggest story been going on for the last few weeks is the build-up to the main event, which we're, I think we're assuming is going to be the actual main event, the last match on at SummerSlam, which is the fatal four-way between Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, right. Samoa Joe, and everybody's favorite, Roman Reigns. But I feel he's, it's going to be the highlight of He's SummerSlam. not everybody's favorite. <clears throat> of course he's everybody's favorite. He's Vince's favorite, so therefore he's everybody's favorite. Exactly. By default. That's right. By default. (laughs) Nothing else. I must say, I feel like they've done an excellent job in building this this match. Mm -hmm. Because you had essentially two separate feuds brought in together to create this match. So you had Braun versus Roman that kind of stopped and started a little bit because the Braun injury. And then you had... Samoa Joe, who had won the fatal five-way match at Extreme Rules to become the number one contender Contender. for Brock's title, the Universal title. And they had a match where they were able to kind of tell the story like Brock barely beat Joe because Joe really did a number on Brock during the match. And so you kind of mash those two things together by having... Well, I think it was a match between Joe and Roman, Roman. to determine the number one contender. And you had Strowman interfere. Yeah. And so you kind of had a natural build towards this match. And, you know, I'm sure this is like Vince McMahon's wet dream, this match. Because it's like all he sees is big niggas pause. But like, <laughs> that's all he's, and you know, like, there's, yes, not, there's nothing yes, Vince yes, likes yes, more this, than a big strapping dude. Right. So this it's like, we do what we he's do. like, this is my perfect main event. This is it. It's like Brock, Braun, Joe, and Roman. All the steroids. Now, granted, granted, I mean, the thing about it is, is like, I think the stories that have kind of been being told through this feud have built this to a point where I'm fine with this being like the actual main event, the last match on. I think it's going to be a pretty good match. I think um, I was having a conversation with a couple of guys the other day about where we're going for SummerSlam. And I feel like, this is going to be the best match when it comes to, like, the spectacle of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then AJ versus KO is probably going to be the best match when you talk about work rate and the actual... Well, no. 
you know yeah. the actual move set right. and, and what can be accomplished physically in the ring in terms of that type of a it's style. going to be the best wrestling match of yes the night. yeah and then this is going to be the biggest spectacle cool. yeah. and i think and i think that's fair you know so for me i'm i'm all in partially because i i love ah. the story that they've been telling about braun and the story they've been telling with joe and so to me that makes up for my distaste for brock lesnar mm-hmm. at this point for being keeping the title off of raw so much and my just general disinterest in Roman Reigns. Yeah, but uh, for all the mishaps over the last couple of weeks, the last four weeks in particular, I think the WWE is starting to trend in the right direction as mm-hmm. we build up the SummerSlam. Like we all expected. That, Raw, that, that main event coming oh. from Raw and what I would have hoped would have been the main event coming from SmackDown, but you told me it doesn't matter. Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura, that, that match still has some issues, so I think it's going to develop in some other ways as we progress closer and closer to the actual show Mm -hmm. so i remain hopeful in that regard but like i said over the last couple of weeks wwe has been trending up it seems like yeah it seems like they're kind of turning it around a little bit i mean naturally you still have some hiccups here and there but i think generally speaking um they've been we're looking at you yeah they've they've been they've been kind of angling in the right direction as we end towards SummerSlam. the the feuds going on so far Mm -hmm. you know maybe a little Hit and miss some, yeah, but maybe some need a bit more progression to go along. But so far, they've they've done a great job. Like we sh- expected, they would leading up to SummerSlam. Right. I mean, it's 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 if you look at the big four pay per views, Royal Rumble has its position as the setup for Mania, so it's always going to have importance. Mania is Mania, mm-hmm. and then SummerSlam is kind of like what we call the smart fan WrestleMania, right? Which is it's the big event for not necessarily casual fans, but smart fans, guys like us, mm-hmm. and so you always kind of know that they're going to head in a direction that these types of fans are mostly interested in. And then, well, we've all had our conversations about Survivor Series off and on and where that fits into the picture. But nonetheless, between Mania and SummerSlam, those are the two big, those are the biggest ones out of the big four. Mm -hmm. Right. And over the last couple of weeks in particular, we had the... I don't even know how to describe it. I don't want to call it the on-again, off-again feud. The Kevin Owens... Uh, AJ Styles feud. The mm-hmm. way that's been developing has been a big note on and off of actual shows because for the first time in a long time they had a belt actually change hands on oh, a house show. Oh, yeah. House show. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was something that nobody was expected. Yeah. Right. So it, it, in that regard, how, how how do you see this feud developing going into some stuff? Well, I think it's interesting. I think I think there's two things that are happening here. I think one, AJ needs to be in a feud that is worthy of his talents in mm-hmm. the ring. And I think I see outs- one feud that could do that. Outside of Nakamura, <laughs> KO is really the yeah, only guy, guy on SmackDown's roster because uh-huh. he's already had the John Cena feud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Sami Zayn is there. Sami Zayn, yeah, but Sami Zayn is not really... on the same. They're not. They've not placed him on the same level as those guys. He's he's at and least he's a wrong or two below. Looking at a push KO, right, now right and, and he's kind of out of the picture. So, in all honesty, based on where we are right now in this moment, KO is the only true competition that is worthy of AJ Styles at a big four pay-per-view. And so you keep that. But they're clearly also starting to build in the background towards an eventual KO versus Shane match. Because they started to plant Mm -hmm. the seeds last week. You had Shane come out and agree to the um, triple threat match between AJ, Jericho, and KO, which he then lost at the end of the night. And as he was demanding his rematch, he also called out Shane, saying, it's your fault you put me in this situation. Right, right, and so right. now you have him again complaining last night after the way the match ended, which was the AJ won, yeah. but KO's 
um, shoulders off, off the yeah. mat. Mm-hmm. And so he ran and he ran complaining to Shane. And so you had Diana Bryan setting up Shane as the referee. So we can continue this, probably assuming that AJ is going to win. He's going to blame Shane. And we're either getting the setup for either Survivor Series or probably if they're doing the slow burn towards Mania next year. But I'm assuming given that Shane fought at Mania and Survivor Series last year, there's a possibility that we got Shane KO at Survivor Series yep. as one of those types of matches that builds the the stature of the pay-per-view by having somebody of Shane's status on it. That's a fair point. But yeah, KO and KO's the only guy on that SmackDown roster other than Nakamura, and he's clearly involved in something else at the moment. And they may be slow playing the story of an eventual AJ versus Nakamura for the WWE title. At Mania next year, and that's, wow, that's still, our hope. That's giving gonna, both something meaningful yeah, to do. That's, that's yeah. going to be. I crazy. think my only fear with that is after the, they both move away from the U.S. title, like where is it going to go? Personally, I think at this moment, a guy like Sami would do a lot with the title, with the U.S. And, title, yeah, and make be meaningful more to him. So then these two guys, but I see where they're going because you know they need to bring that back up to where it once was to actually make this belt mean something so i think they've done a good job from that aspect as yep. well as having ko really strive to have this title back mm-hmm. and it means a lot to him i mean they built this whole gimmick around it right you know they updated his gimmick to call himself the face of america and i always like to point out the little things i love the fact that when ko comes out his entrance has his face on the ramp and he never walks over his face he always ah. walks around I've the picture of his face, yeah. and he like he doesn't he doesn't right. go, get onto the ramp until he's like on his on his where his shoulder is on oh, the okay. ramp. So he never steps on his face. Like, I love the attention right. to detail for little things like that. What, 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 that was actually pointed out on a podcast a couple of months back, and I actually started to pay attention to it, and I realized yeah he actually does that. It's strange. I guess it's some sort of phobia. Or something. It's just. It's something mental with Kevin Owens in that regard. No, you you don't step on your face if you are the face of America. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it builds yeah, into the gimmick. KO has that kind of detail. Yeah, and he, he is the kind of guy who will have that right. kind of attention to detail. But as we, again, get closer and closer to SummerSlam, what other matches that is starting to shape up that has any of you guys' attention? If they're building towards Miz versus Jason Jordan for the IC title on Raw, I can get behind the idea of that match Mm. i think miz is a very good first feud for somebody like jordan who is just getting into a singles career because miz is a perfect heel like and and i don't know if jordan is ready for for that Mm. but i think this is going to be if anybody can get him over as a face it's miz because everybody loves to hate the miz Mm -hmm. and so i think he's the perfect foil for this new direction with Jason Jordan, the whole thing of having him being revealed as Kurt Angle's son and all of that, you know, whether you like or hate that particular portion of the gimmick, I think his singles run, having a feud against Miz, if that's the direction that this goes inevitably, that he ends up fighting Miz for the IC title at SummerSlam, I can get behind the idea of that. I think for me, the dark horse of SummerSlam would be in regards to the top match, uh, Usos versus New Day. I've... Well, you stick into this feud, bro. Listen, listen. I've enjoyed... I don't understand why you don't... I don't understand this. I'm pleasantly surprised... Somebody needs to explain to me why Carter was not honest. Like I told... They had a great match. You just over the Yes. Regardless of what it is. I can't... I understand that. The thing is, I feel the New Day has been great for them. Like, they have been the perfect opponent for no, them. No, they... Uh, yeah. Uh, I have to admit. New Day, right. I have to admit. Usos has been well. a perfect... Yeah. Match. So, I have to admit. I, I've enjoyed it. They, they, one of the many on-standing few that I've generally enjoyed The interaction so b- b- between those two uh, tag teams have been 
it, it's it's been good for SmackDown. Yeah, I right. give it that. Yeah. But at the same time, every time I watch those matches, I say to myself, "But in new, like the Usos still here, but like why?" <laughs> like, me, okay, hey. so I, to a point, I would have agreed with you, but I think. A, I'm always behind the idea of taking something that's stale and flipping the gimmick and seeing what works. Mm. So when they turn the Usos heel and they immediately drop the face paint, they drop all of the hoo ah hoo whatever stuff they used to do as a part of their, their gimmick when they came out, the and whole then, entrance and the chanting and all of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, yeah. like like my wife said, it was like they look like, you know, crack dealers on the side of the road. They were in um, black hoodies and cami pants, right? So... My wife is black, so that's not racist. Um, but nonetheless, but you are you, white. She said it. I didn't. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, I think their the heel gimmick for them has really worked in a way that I didn't anticipate it working because I kind of felt like they were like the tie team John Cena, like they were just gonna be oh that's a nice face forever, nice and they were the perfect face tie team. But they got boring, and then they flipped the script. They made them heel, and they've leaned so heavily into the heel gimmick that i think i found a great appreciation for it for example you look at the rap battle you look at that line that um i never know which one is which you look at that's the line Paul, yeah let's say jay you look at the line that jay dropped it probably about, wasn't jay yeah that's the sad part <laughs> yeah. right so you look at the line that jay dropped about um xavier woods and the Ooh. whole keep it pg Heavy. you know not actually not r-rated like your boy xavier woods whatever whatever the specifics of it was the fact that they let those guys touch on that subject matter and just the whole thing to me they've really sh- they've really shined in the heel dynamic you look at the beat down last week and they're continuing to build even though these two teams have feuded a lot over the last few years because I think about a year and a half ago, it was reversed where when the when the New Day was still healed oh, and right. the Usos were faced and they were on, well, before the brand split, that was one of the feuds during the New Day's um, yeah. title run, the longest reigning tie champs run. And so to me, the fact is you can have this feud again in such a short space of time later. And because the, the alignments have now switched, you're still getting quality matches. When you look back at, what was it, Battleground? Yeah. That man. was the match of the night. Yeah, it, yeah, was. it really was. By far, yeah. that was the opening match, and those dudes stole the show. That when was the last time you can say that on a pay per view, a tag team match was the legitimately the best match of the night? Because the only thing that came close was AJ and KO. But the issue with that match was all of the talk about whether or not the finish was planned or unplanned. Uh, just just to answer your point, when was the last time a tag team took over a pay per view? I can't remember when was the last NXT takeover. Oh, oh, all as a pain, oh, yeah. right? When they main evented, yeah, 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 um, yeah. takeover with, with DIY, yeah, DIY. yeah, that's yeah. again oh, the greatest yeah. tag team match I've ever seen. But yes, that was the last time. No, but I mean main roster though, yeah, because NXT kind of you have that wiggle room to play around with those types of Listen, concepts of putting, yeah, oh, but I mean we said that about um, Dash and Dawson. We said about the revival, and granted, a part of it was because of the injury. But yeah. I mean, the tag team division on Raw since Cesaro and Sheamus have won the titles has been a mess, and that's why. And, and I mean, it's a good lead so into the potential of the next story, which is this this great build that they've been doing with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins towards what we're anticipating is going to be a mini reunion of the Shield with just those two guys, and. It's been a very well-written story because one of the issues that everybody had 
um, about storytelling in WWE. Sometimes they forget like what happened most recently. So when Finn came back and he helped Seth, it was like, that doesn't make any sense. Seth was the guy who injured your yeah. shoulder. The fact that they're actually leaning into the history with these guys. So Dean is saying, I can't trust you. So when they had the tag team match, and he was like, you know, you're going out there against three guys, but I'm going out there against four. But no, he said, I'm going out there against three guys, but you're going out there against four because he said, I can't trust you. This is what Dean was saying to Seth. So the fact that they're continuing that slow process where Dean is reluctant to trust him, you know, and you're getting that little by little, you're seeing, you know, Seth is is being really, trying to be really convincing in this approach, you know, like, I understand what I did wrong. So he's not trying to, cover it up but he's not trying to brush over it so he's saying like i understand that but i still really want us to try and work this out so that we can we can do something special in this high division and so you have something that's not typically done well but they're they're using a lot of nuance and they're leaning into the history between the two characters and the distrust the dislike Mm -hmm. the the um i guess the betrayal all of that they're leaning into it to tell a better story right now in this moment and so there's a lot of ways they can spin that story once we get to the point of them, I guess, being reunited. But yeah. there's a lot that's, that's being done well with that my, story. My issue with the storyline thus far... Well, I shouldn't call it an issue. My my concern thus far with the storyline is this. Is WWE going to get tired, let's say, two, three months down the line and just rush this? The way that this story has been prepared and presented to us, it's something that should take some time. Yep. This shouldn't yeah. be something that is paid off at... Not even Survivor Series. I think we should run this all the way into WrestleMania where we have that like that, that big triumphant moment. I don't think we need to rush through this to the point that probably two pay-per-views down the line, probably in late September, early October, where we have Dean Ambrose. They win the belt. Can I cut you off? Go ahead. They're no. not getting that long term. Yeah. I, I imagine that, that, that was a sign of me being completely They go as long as... They um intend to have set away from the title picture, which I personally believe is going to be for a while. I think it's going to be a while before set because I don't I don't see the need around to you know getting a contestant. For I, I guess it depends. Title. It depends on what happens with the tag division, really and truly. Because, what else is going on with the tag? Well, I, I the only thing that can trump the, this is if you bring the broken the broken Hardys, right. not even just the Hardys. We the need the broken Hardys. Right. But if they're and even with that, aren't they going to split if they go that route? Though they're not going to be broken together. They may be for a while. They may be for a while. I mean, we don't even know what version of that we're going to get considering it still seems to be tied up and essentially TNA is saying F y'all. please, just just let it. No, but I mean, Anthem Anthem now owns TNA. Anthem now owns TNA is clearly saying F y'all. Y'all go figure that out because that's our our property. And that's clearly where they stand. But see, again, that, that would, the broken hearties, if we could bring that off the shelf, Get it, you know, on on day to day television. That would be okay. Get a revival. Be, right. Actually, meet in exactly. right, matches. Yeah. But beyond that, bringing up authors of pain, probably mm-hmm. well, DIY is never getting back together yeah, from my standpoint. No, no. no but is, but one of those three tough. cases, yeah. if one of those three things happen, that's the only thing that could trump a proper Dana Ambrose Seth Rollins Shield reunion. I mean, it could be, and it, one of those things could be done in addendum too, as in, so you get three months down the line. And Jasmine, it seems like they're about to have the triumphant moment. You have something like AOP being brought up. And so now you have, okay, they're dominant there. Yeah, so yeah. you continue to kind of kick the can down the road. That's, And I think it's going to be an, an interweaving of one of those other stories into that reunion story is the only way to extend it beyond Survivor Series, the latest. 
And I mean, I imagine those two are going to be in a tag team match, multi-team match at at SummerSlam for the titles, though. Unless you do it like... Because oh, there's I no other way to have them have a match. A, yeah. a That's the story you're telling right now and we're three weeks out. In regards to like how they do the Bullet, the bullet Club, there they have just one big faction, but they have separate guys that do their own thing within that faction. So that's how I was thinking that they even bring Roman back into that. Like mm-hmm. They don't have to actually be a tag all the way, but they're still a part of this one faction. faction yeah. So whenever one doesn't have something that they're doing, they can operate in that in that space. Good old days when the WWE minute. knew exactly how to work. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Stables. But we have that. Yeah. And I guess before we jump off of Raw, because I think we're, we've covered most of the Raw stories, we, we, we do kind of need to talk about what's going on with the women women's division. Um, Absolutely nothing. But I mean, so we we have what's supposed well, to be on the raw side, right? The raw side. I mean, we have what's supposed to be the title match, which is um, Bailey versus Alexa. But no, no, but now they're saying, and whether this is this is kayfabe or shoot, they're saying that Bailey has a shoulder injury. I think it's kayfabe, and this may be a way to either turn it into a triple threat match or to remove Bailey out of the title picture and then put Sasha back in in her place. And I think mm. that's a potential good story because here's how you can play this. You can make it seem like Bailey's unable to compete. You can have, you can make Sasha the number one contender, and then you bring the story back around to say, "Well, no, Bailey is clear to compete, or they're ready to make that announcement." And that's the moment that you have the Sasha heel turn. You have to beat the holy hell out of Bailey, put her out of commission. You have an opportunity now to repackage Bailey, take off a TV for a couple of months, maybe a month or two, mm-hmm. let her sell the injury. Maybe she actually has something where she's banged up a little bit, and so. You have the Sasha heel turn, but you can't really have that and have her heel facing Alexa. So there's like, there's a lot of just the, the women's division on Raw is just really boy, Nijax, boy, Not- lucky. That's how you said earlier. That sounds too perfect. That's always the problem. Always the problem. You always gotta find a way to screw it up. But Nijax, to me, she's she's been performing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the problem with Nia is, and this is this is. This is a similar problem you're going to have if somebody like Braun, for example, wins the universal title. You, and it's, I think it's always more difficult on the in the women's division than it is with the men's. It's always more difficult in the women's division to have some small girl right. beat somebody like Nia Jax. Because it's hard to get it to a point where, especially where... The money in the bank briefcase is on the other show. So you don't have, you know, the 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 get out of jail free card essentially. Once you put that title on Nia, outside of somebody like Charlotte, who's the closest in stature to her, nobody is believable enough to beat her for the title. And that's the challenge you're gonna have with her. Oscar. Outside of a triple trade off. Well, and outside right. So outside of that circumstance or outside of Oscar. But we just, oh, the, the, the so pause just, there was so me shaking my head. We just need Asuka. Asuka. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's all we're living for. It's too perfect. <laughs> I mean, how... Okay, everything. we're in the point... Okay, but we're really at the stage now with Asuka, though, that we were with Nakamura um, a year ago. Yeah, which is like, okay, how long? How much longer are we going to do this? The same thing with Finn. It's like, okay, you've had the belt for over 200 days. How much longer are we going to sit around with you playing around with the NXT title, bring Finn up? Right? It was the same approach with Nakamura. How long y'all can keep this guy down in NXT? Bring him up. We're now at that stage with Asuka. It's like, okay, for God's sakes, how long are we keeping it down there? Could you please just bring up to the main You Oscar? know what's so strange about that whole thing you just said? The fact that Asuka held her belt during all of 
But for that's part true. of Finn. <laughs> wow. For, yeah, wow, for all of Nak. For, for Samoa. And now. Yeah. And those three guys are now on the main roster. And she's still in NXT holding down ah, the women's belt. Wait. Uh, hey. On the smart guy. She's, I mean, she's the modern <laughs> day Bill do? Goldberg, Bill Goldberg, where she can actually wrestle. Awesome, yeah. Hey. So on the SmackDown, I'll, okay, so I'll be happy to say, if nobody else brings it up, I am not bringing up the Fashion Files this week. I am, I am not. I am over that until we get some type of definitive answer as to what's happening. Your so, love for the Fashion Files and uh, his love for the Usos. <laughs> Amazing. Mind Amazing. you, I appreciated the X Files thing. I appreciated that, you know, the lights went out, somebody did a number over on Tyler Breeze, and then you had um, Fandango getting beat up and then drags off camera. Again, I'm a sucker for little details, and a lot of what they do with that is about the little details, so that's why I appreciate it. And I I appreciated it more when I thought what we were getting to was Alpha as being revealed as their attackers and turning heel. But now that's off the table, and we're probably more than likely ending up with um, the the old Wyatt guys, um, Eric, Rowan, and Luke Harper, probably being the attackers in the long run, especially now with the direction that they're taking it. That seems to play into that particular tag team more than anybody else. So... I'm not as interested in that, if that's what it is. I mean, fine, you get to bring those guys back in, but then you have the same problem with them as you would have with Anaya with the title. In, because it's like, okay, these two dudes are big, and they both can really go in the ring. They can wrestle. It becomes kind of difficult to believe that a team, especially when you take Kofi, um, when you take Biggie out of the equation, right? Kofi and Xavier yeah. against Rowan and Harper is like, yeah, what is what are we what is happening here? And how is it believable that these guys can win, you know, other than flukes and cheating? Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I have no I have nothing on, on the But yeah, so like I said, so. if nobody else is gonna bring it up, I that I'm know. not going any further than that. We I mean, Alex's time. one point unless you actually do something with the ascension. That's the only action. You know that man. You know that man. Them niggas could be future endeavor the same way they got rid of which I don't even know which which vaudeville they got rid of. I don't remember. It's Gotcha. Gotcha is gone. And Aiden English is basically sharing gimmicks with Elias. Elias no longer Samson. What the hell is with them and removing last? Names. Well, I don't understand. Seriously, oh, he's now, now just Elias the Drifter. Allow him to drift. I must say, you just be Alex the podcaster. Then uh, they think that works. We Shut don't up. need surnames. I mean, <laughs> who needs surnames? I mean, you know, this, 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 Jesus didn't situation. have a surname. That's what I'm saying. That's that's Vince's reference point. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so that now that we're on the SmackDown. <laughs> Um, Cena sucks. So here's Let's the okay. Go Cena, no, no. I'm Not actually that. okay. So I would say, as recently as probably three or four years ago, I was in the camp of get this dude out of every title picture, get him <laughs> off of TV, you know. But honestly, there's a couple of things, right? And this kind of ties in with the article that I we published this morning about Cena losing last night to Nakamura, right? Up until probably about five years ago, the book on Cena was 100% accurate. He was five moves of doom. He was not willing to put anybody over. He was dominating the main event scene. He was a guy that was just literally in control of essentially every part of the main event scene on in WWE, right? And then when you look at 
particularly his record at SummerSlam. And anybody who says, oh, all kind of dudes have bad records on certain pay-per-views. Yeah, you're talking about John Cena, though. Except Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt has a broad record on yeah, every everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. He just loses all the time. Jesus. But, I mean, you look God, at somebody like Cena and then the, the, the stature that he is. It's meaningful when you can say this dude has lost at SummerSlam six years in a row. And when you look at the list of guys he's lost to, it's CM Punk. It's Daniel Bryan. It's AJ Styles. It's Seth Rollins. You literally talking about indie darlings who, at the moment when they lost to Cena, were in the middle of either their first important title reign, mm -hmm. or this was the 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 start of their the first title yeah. reign, or in the case of Daniel Bryan, the start of his story with him fighting the authority for the belt. But that dude beat Cena clean in the middle of the ring. As did CM Punk. I know what stood. NF. Well, uh, I, I an attitude adjustment. adjustment. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when you look at it, back. when you consider, so you look at AJ last year. After AJ beat Cena two weeks later, he was a WWE champion, and he had the belt until um, until January, yeah. right? So it's like everybody likes to say that, but I think when you start to look at the, the feud with CM Punk in particular, the one 2010-2011 in that range, that from there I think was the starting point when Cena started to really – change how he approached matches so he heard all of the talk yeah. about five moves of doom he heard all of that and he actually started to incorporate new moves into it and then you fast forward a couple of years to the u.s open challenge and he started doing the springboard stunner which didn't quite work but he started to incorporate more things he started the flip over powerbomb that he's been doing so there's little nuances that he started to add to it so to me it's like and you can see that he's been losing to guys that at any, and people like to say, oh, well, it's 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 WWE. WWE chooses whoever they want to choose to be the star. Right. Right. So the fact that he lost to Punk and not whoever your wannabe favorite star was, it's just because WWE saw something in Punk that they felt that they could run with. They saw something in Brian that they felt they could run with. Seth, those, AJ, that's, I mean, that's how this works. And so when you look at it, I get it. I hated Cena for a long time, but at this point, and it's not just because he's coming to the end of his career, I think he's legitimately done a lot in the past four to five years to actually change the narrative around what his career has been. And to the point now where, okay, and I, and I, I think I told you guys this about, about this in the, our chat a few weeks ago. You, there's a thing about doing things out of respect, and then there's things when you know people just literally meant it, right? So when Kurt Angle came back and his music played, people still say, you suck, you suck along to the music, right? right. Because it's done out of endearment. But when people, when, when Cena came back, they stopped doing the um, Cena sucks in his entrance music, right? And so you realize, no, like people are actually starting to appreciate what he's been doing over the last few years. Yeah, it is. Because he's yeah. the guy who made the U.S. title meaningful again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only reason why we can stomach an AJ versus a KO feud over this title is because Cena restored value to it a couple of years ago. And that's that's that's, that's facts. If it wasn't for that, who I mean, you had Dean Ambrose with it when he was in the shield and it meant nothing because he had the title for months on end and didn't defend it. I mean, these are the things that you have. So to me, Wow, saying all of that, saying, saying, oh, exactly, saying uh, we have clearly wow, have yes. no love for Dean Ambrose right I now. I have some sort of love. He he uh, was a part of the Shield, like it's it. so at a time yeah. at a time when we enjoyed Dang, the Shield. Man. Yes, but I mean, to me, I think you look at Cena and David Shoemaker from the Ringer used to be on Cheap Heat. Always says this about Cena. He is the guy who makes the guys that smart fans care about matter Not, yeah. because yeah. he is the guy who's been willing to lose. And, 
to those guys to propel them up the card. And see, like, there's been a lot of criticism uh, against John over the last couple of years. Well, not the recent years, but... But the last the past, few years when yeah. he was still yeah. full-time. Because he's clearly not been full-time for about two and a half years But now. with all that said, I think in the last two, three years, he's done a lot. When I say a lot, a yes. lot for the company in terms of helping develop these young guys, mm-hmm. bringing guys like AJ Styles along. But you don't really need to bring AJ Styles along. But, but being there and not feeling given it your all. From a recognition standpoint, because some people don't, didn't watch TNA, yeah, right. didn't watch New Japan, so they didn't know who the hell AJ you was. You can even compare it to, say, John Cena and Randy Orton, the way they approach approach that aspect of yeah. giving um guys over and yeah. right. know, giving them the pin and the rub. Yeah, like, I mean, you look Randy at... Randy would be less, you know, willing to do that. That's what I'm saying. That's and, why I said it was such a big deal yeah. watching Cena do it because he was enthused. A lot of times when you see Randy Orton in matches that he feels like yeah. he shouldn't be in, yeah. he isn't giving that no, 100% of his but effort. Even, even look at last night after he lost, right? And there was the, the semi-botch towards the end of the match where mm. Nakamura dumped him on his neck. Right. And so when, when the match is over, you can see Nak say to him, I'm so sorry. Right. And John grabs his hand. He was like, you have nothing to be sorry for. He shook his hand. He raised his hand. He pointed to him. He's like, this is your next champion. Mm. And this is my thing. He is willing to, in both the subtle ways and the direct ways, say, you know, no, this is my job now. I'm... I'm here to help establish stars who may have been established on the indies or in other federations or in other companies. And I'm willing to be the main guy that's willing to lay down for these dudes pause and allow them to be propelled up the card. Because other than the match over Cena last night, what has Nakamura done on the main roster to warrant a WWE title match? Nothing. Nothing. But beating John Cena clean in the middle of the ring is a big boost to and, any wrestler's credibility. And that's why I have to give Cena the credit because he's taking a step and I hate to say it like this, but he's, take, he's taking a step in that Dwayne The Rock Johnson direction. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he, what The Rock did after he became The Rock uh, in terms all of Hollywood and all yeah. that buzz, he would still come back. He would still give it a dog. If you recall, it was that CM Punk match versus The Rock mm-hmm. when CM Punk was all upset about it. That is what made CM Punk such a household name. Him having the ability to call out The Rock, calling out Johnson mm-hmm. and people like that, that really propelled him forward. And yeah. I think seeing in the last couple of years has understood more than ever before in his career that, no, my ability to help these guys is what is going to put this company over. And once the company's and, over, I get more attention. And, and if guys want to admit it or not, John Cena puts on hell of matches. Yeah, yeah. Like when big match, John. Right. I mean, exactly. I hate. I hate. When, right I hate guys, every time JBL says that. But it's but the he, truth. He it's is big right. match, John. And I think I, I don't want to turn this into a Cena love fest, right? But let me say this. I mean, we could. We let's I mean, let's 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 take let's take it out of the wrestling context, right? You have a job. Mm-hmm. You are in the prime of your career for your job, right? So. If somebody up and coming is is under you and they work in a similar beat to you, you are can you're not gonna give them the world of a a, a, a a helping hand up. You may give them some pointers here and there, but you're still trying to claim your spot. Yeah. Now, in 20, 30 years, maybe when you decide, okay, you know, I'm done with this phase of my career and I'm ready to phase out and and you know sit up on the beach really good, uh, and drink uh, margaritas, yeah, you know, yeah. that might be the point where at that stage you're willing to divulge all oh, of the secrets yeah. of the trade because you're phasing yourself, and that's where John is now. And I think people sometimes look at it and. Be like no that dude had to hold on his spot he had to do yep. that because that was his spot as long as they were willing to give it to hey, him and as long as he was willing to do the you. work to be to be um to be that guy then he was going to be that guy and, and you wouldn't 
I would not sit down and let somebody step in on my job and give them everything that I know and be yeah. like, okay, yeah, go take my spot. No, I, I, I want that job. I want to continue to, to earn that living. I want to continue to have that spot. Mm. So I'm not going to give you, I, like I said, a couple of tips and pointers here and there. Yes, but I'm not going to give you all of the keys to the kingdom when I'm still in the prime of my life. And out of to his credit, the time that he held that quote unquote top spot was around the time when the WWE was literally scraping. And nobody Ooh, was around. Yeah, Lashley right. left. But Brock, he still left. Brock, Brock left. Brock left. Um, Austin had the injury issues and right. he he left. It was a dry time. Edge? So people people Edge, Edge, no, but Edge left because of the injuries. Yeah, so like, it's like yeah. you look at everybody who was considered top stars around the same time that he came up. Randy Orton got into problems. See, and yeah. that's the thing that people miss. Randy Orton had two or three wellness suspensions. Right. Well, not three. He had two and. Eventually, they rescinded one of them, but he was on the edge of being kicked out of the company if he got a third wellness suspension. Yeah. So, no, at that time, Cena was literally the only Carrying guy that could company. be trusted to carry the company. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else. Lashley didn't have the heart for the business. Um, Batista didn't have the heart for the business. He moved on. Edge got injured to the point where he couldn't wrestle anymore. And they had failed. Granted, they had failed to bring up guys like Christian and make them legitimate contenders. Mm -hmm. Randy Orton was a problem child for most of the middle of the prime of his career. So you can't hate on Cena for being the only guy who was 100% loyal and also 100% committed to doing what was necessary to maintain that sport. Yeah, yeah. That's asinine to say otherwise. I mean, I'm just saying this, this has quickly become a Cena love fest. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I've come to the point where I'm annoyed with people who watch wrestling and can't understand the value of a guy like the him, importance, especially at this stage yeah. of his career. You need that kind of guy. I'm not, I'm not yeah. denying the moments when you could feel like he was, but when you look at the moments that he was dominating, who was there? Really, who was there? And a lot of people like pre NXT. This was this was before your Dean Ambrose, yeah, your Seth yeah, Rollins, right. your Roman Reigns, your Kevin Owens, saying. your AJs. A lot of people. All of that. A Even lot of people. Like the that, only person that, that, that was there was CM Punk, and they gave CM Punk the longest reign in modern history. And there's a lot of criticism. A lot of people say, like, "Oh, he took the Triple H route where he buried all of his competition." At that point, there was nobody. There was, there was no, no competition. Believable enough to beat CM. Anybody who was believable <laughs> left the company for one reason or another. That's that's true. Because Batista could have been that guy to steal away a couple of championship runs. Lashley could have been that guy, but they didn't have the heart for the business Batista during that was time. Perfectly set up to be that guy. He was because he was he was in that he was in that class. Yeah. It was Cena, Brock, Batista, and Orton. That was the famed class of what was it, two thousand and two? The famed yeah. OVW class. I mean, those were the guys. But only one, only two of them stayed, and only one of them was 100% committed to doing everything that was necessary. Randy was a head case for a bulk of his career. Timberland technically still is. I, but, I mean, yeah, I have voices really in changed. my head. I'm just going to say his intro music says it all. Yeah. Says it all. Yeah. Sorry, that really did turn Oof. into Cena Love Fest. That's I'm, okay. just, I'm just particularly annoyed by recent conversations. That's, that's, that's all that is. Showed you on Cena. But <laughs> in the, it, in it does day. lead into <laughs> one particular question that we do have coming out of last night, though, which is... What is next for John Cena? What is his match at SummerSlam? I mean, rumors are that post-SummerSlam, he's going to move over to Raw. I don't know how quickly they're going to build to the Roman Reigns feud. They they got to the um, Cena-Nakamura match very quickly without much build. So we're clearly at a stage of John's career where it's going to be quick turnarounds to these big, important matches. Farewell so they, they got the Nakamura match out of the way. They got the AJ feud out of the way. Are we going to get Roman Reigns at Survivor Series instead of at WrestleMania? Because he's going to be on Raw as of the 21st of August. Oh, no mercy. It could. 
I don't think they're gonna. No, it's gonna be a big four. Right. That that I mean, well, see, but it depends because now he has to go and shoot Transformers. He has to go shoot the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. He has. I'm imagining the third season of was it a American Grit, True yeah. Grit, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever the show is called. He has a lot of movie roles that are piling up. He's he's at the stage now where Rock was post. I think it was the that Scorpion was, King when it yeah. was like, okay, clearly he's yeah. now getting those types of offers, and I mean. He's capable in that realm. He has the the all American guy look. That's he has why, the, like, a lot of people are throwing it around that he's gonna be, you know, moved over to Raw and all that. But my idea is this: I think he takes a complete step back from the from the uh, WWE universe. He does a couple of he he does the Bumblebee movie. He does a couple other projects. And he comes back at Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant. That's the only way I see this going. Like he probably make one or two other spots that makes a lot here of and there, but yeah. I don't see him being like a and it, it, it day does, and day out kind of kind of wrestler. It that does is, jibe also fine. with his recent approach because when you think about it, he was injured going to WrestleMania of 2016. When he came back, he had the feud with AJ Styles, and he took time off again right around the same time last year yeah. in the aftermath yeah. of the the AJ, AJ match at yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah. And then he, he showed up once or twice in between, and then he didn't come back again until the lead-up to WrestleMania. So we may have a similar approach, and, and maybe that's the stage that we're at. Where and not he's, only that, it's he's, not... he's kind of in between Brock Lesnar and Undertaker yeah. in terms of their approach to his dates. But I right. feel like his, his comments when he, so, when, when he came back recently, his comments at that time when he was like, yeah, a lot of people say I'm Hollywood and all that, but I... He openly admitted, yes, I'm all those things, but at the same time, nobody is going to give this. you more right. than what I give you every yep. time I suit up. So I feel like that's him saying, you know what? I might not be here on a night in and night out basis, but whenever I am, I'm you're going to get on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you saw it last night yeah, in the match yeah. with Nakamura. He wasn't, he wasn't half-assing it. He, he, yeah, he did In his thing. mind, this was his SummerSlam moment. Yeah. Now, he's probably still going to compete because, like I keep saying, I feel like he's going to work his way so much way into this match just to help boost those sales, help to boost those pushes to this actual match between Nakamura yeah, is no and, 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 and Jinder Mahal. Jinder I, I, I mean, I do have concerns over the match that's no. currently constructed with just Jinder versus versus Nakamura. Yeah, because so that dude can't hang with Nakamura. I'm sorry. That I would be a squash. Come on. If that match, if that's just those two guys, it would have to be a squash. Mm. You can't believably have that dude hang with Nakamura. You could kind of do it with Randy Orton because Randy Orton's won, at a disinterested point with this yeah. feud. yet against Randy. Who? On Jinder. Jinder, no. 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 See? <laughs> no. So but, if you can't win clean against a disinterested Randy. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So I feel like Cena's gonna work his way into that feud and once that up we have Nakamura with the title, that allows him to then move on to his whole feud with Baron right, Corbin. Okay. That works mm-hmm. itself out. Mm-hmm. And at the same time he allows Cena to hop all that time, do all his movies, all those other things, and mm-hmm. pops back up around the Royal Rumble. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I yeah. feel like that so match last night, that gave me what I needed to see from Cena. Until the next big match, until yeah. the rest yeah. of and I and I think in a lot of ways, yeah. and that's why that's why I titled the article. You know, Cena took his SummerSlam loss early because mm-hmm. that's what he's been doing. That's essentially his seventh SummerSlam loss yeah. in a row because that's that's the the importance of that match last night, both to the SummerSlam card and to the the fallout of SummerSlam in the next four or five months. Because we've seen it historically, this is the time that they experiment. So one of the guys is either going to be Nakamura or it's going to be Corbin that's coming out of SummerSlam with the title. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be anybody else because this is the time to test out those guys with a main belt. Well, this is my time. I'm just going to throw this out there. I should probably have a sound effect for this. This is my big idea type. I think at WrestleMania we get John Cena, CM Punk one last time. 
I think so. I hate you. No, I. Why you? Why you? Why you messing with my emotions? No, and that's the thing. No, I don't think you guys realize how much I sit on a raw on SmackDown and just. Or just a pay-per-view. A ma- right. And just, just imagine the hearing the theme yep. song just yep. go off. Yep. Like, like why would now, you okay. do that? Why? There's, why? The, there's <laughs> only one way I see that happening. If there's a WrestleMania within the next two to three years that's in Chicago, I would 100% believe that. No, because no. those dudes would yeah. spend every amount of no, money, eat that. any amount of crow. This, they would, that Vince would eat this is, a see, hot steaming this pile is, of this crack is, on live TV to get CM Punk this is back why I think for a match going versus to John Cena at WrestleMania year. in Chicago. This is why I think it's going to happen at WrestleMania next year. Not There's happening. nothing else for John Cena to do. Roman Reigns, pass the torch. No, Roman, no, this is why. This is why. If you give John Cena this ride right now, allow him to have that match. I think John Cena, when he looks back on his career, I think you as a fan or him as the performer would say, his best feud has been against CM Punk. Yes. So for him to have that close moment, se- close second would have been Randy Orton. Yeah. 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 I but think he is going to look at it from this standpoint. Yeah, as well. That. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. But yeah, I think injuries, injuries cut that short. Yeah, Best yeah. feud definitively is CM, CM Punk. Punk. So I think he's gonna look at it as like this. I think that's the only way CM Punk comes back to the business is to have a main event match exactly Cena. because you allow you allow everything uh, uh, CM Punk argued his last three four years in the company but the to come I'm back. Burn, I'm gonna to tell face. you. I'm gonna is, tell is you. Is the bridge too burned? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell. It's I never, think John Cena is the guy to pull it together. It's never too. It's never too burned. Let me tell you why. Too early to no to no no. Here's the thing, right? And I and I already see what we're gonna be naming this podcast tonight. <laughs> it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. I think it, my it, last glimmer of hope was when AJ herself said um, her returning isn't out of the question. So it's like... And I feel and like the only way she can return is if he's comfortable enough exactly. with the company to allow And I feel like... That's right. Right. You know? exactly. He's also the kind of dude who would be like, that's my wife. She could do what she wants to do because yeah. she's her own woman. Right. So he is that type of dude without that could fly. But at the same time, here's my thing. And this is, this is always my reasoning. If those dudes could bring Warrior back... Oh wow! If yeah. those dudes could induct Macho Man into the Hall of Fame when there was rumors that he slept with Stephanie, probably did Kurt Angle. If they could bring Kurt Angle <laughs> back, no, I mean when you look, no, for real. you look at the history yeah. of guys, yeah. right? You look at it, it the, the the laundry list. They were able to get Sting in the door when Sting said he would never wrestle a match for WWE at one point. Hmm. So to me, there's never a road or a bridge that's too far to cross. To bring somebody back, he might be the one guy because he's a stubborn dude. Yeah, but yeah, no, but I think yeah. his relationship with Cena, and this is the point I'm gonna keep. Like, um, this is the point I'm gonna keep beating. If you, if the interaction between John Cena and CM Punk, for John Cena to reach out to CM Punk and be like, "This is the one I need." Mm-hmm. Every wrestler has that match that that See, they live for. Like, I CM think for Cena, Punk has CM to feel Punk, like he's really exactly like, like this is the match. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the only oh, way wow. for Cena to get go out. You don't want to wait like for the Undertaker. It, it would have to be Cena or it would have to be Rock. You can imagine a WrestleMania card. Oh, wow. It would have to be yeah. Cena. It would have to be Rock. And Rock would have to be willing to lose the Punk. But that, those, are, those are the two options. Yeah. Because I mean, this, that dude this, had the balls. That dude had the punk, balls to call CM Punk after oh, right, Raw right, right, in right, the middle of the ring. Oh, wow. Knowing full yeah, well that yeah. there was a possibility that dude was going to answer the phone. Oh, hell yeah. So, to me, I think those... Yes. 
I think it's it's Cena and Rock owes him a victory of that stature. So those are the two guys. I agree. I think that's the only two scenarios where we could see CM Punk coming back. I just want you to know what you just caused, though. I am going to hit John Cena up on Twitter every day until... He calls CM it Punk and said, be, "Come back, dude." This would, is this is the match you need. For it, it would be the perfect match card for any WrestleMania. Wow. You but can wait, imagine yep. Shinsuke AJ, oh Shin, uh, Shin, uh, John Cena versus CM Punk. You have Brock Lesnar versus anybody. I would have to personally be at there. You have Braun versus that anybody. Would be, that here's, would be the WrestleMania I go to. I would well, have to here's the thing, though: Are we sure Brock isn't actually going to be done after SummerSlam? <sighs> I think Brock is always done until the money Jones talks. is calling. He's, I mean, you could do that Let later this it. year. Well, no, he can't do it later this year. He would need. He needs six months. He needs yeah. six We're months in back July. in the U.S. ADA pool in is order he, to clear. But there was rumors that he was technically back They're in the pool. They're saying that he isn't. Yeah. They're saying that he isn't yet. So I imagine what we're looking at is probably... So if I had a fantasy book, SummerSlam and how this goes... SummerSlam is the... Three weeks. This is the twentieth of August. Twentieth is the week is the Sunday before Floyd. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, so if he does that, let's say he gets in by the Floyd uh, McGregor fight, which is the twenty sixth, and we go six months from there. We're looking at about February, the, the ending part of February next year. Mm-hmm. He gets a match. Uh, well, not a match. His contract yeah. is up at Mania. Uh, let's the, let's do that. Yeah, you have to build it around that. His, unless he breaches contract, his contract is up at Mania next year. Well, did that's I how they would allow him to go ahead and buy yeah. the UFC match so and come back. what I imagine... So here's here's how I imagine this is going to go. I imagine if I had to fantasy book it, in the middle of the main event, John Jones comes out because they owe him. I mean, the Dana White owes Vince for the allowing allowing mention. Brock to skip out last year after SummerSlam and do that match. Mm-hmm. They Dana actually owes Vince a favor. So what I would do is write him out of the title picture. Let John Jones come out. Let him distract him. Let that be the way Brock gets you know removed from the title scene. Let him disappear and say he's starting to train for that. Do the whole let that let let the UFC storyline be built into the WWE storyline, and that's how you take him out. And as he prepares for that, I hate to say it, they've already started that. John Jones, I mean, that's where we are. I mean, that's that's why I say that is the logical path. Being a WWE star. No, he's going to be. Yeah. This is why I don't understand for people. Conor. Conor like, I, I keep it's saying this. I'm Ronda Rousey. After UFC. <laughs> I don't know if Rousey. There's the WWE. I can see Rousey. Yeah. I can see I can see Rousey. Well, there's a whole thing between Cyborg and... But yeah, uh, there's, there's that on Beck, Becky Lynch, yeah, which so, may be a SummerSlam match, but potentially. In this realm, right? Do you think CM Punk has to potentially win or lose his next match to really consider doing this match at WrestleMania? I don't even think it's... See, it might not be from relevant. my standpoint, I don't think it's nah. a win or lose thing. I think it's the fans. One thing CM Punk can't get around is the love that wrestling fans have for him. Yeah, boy. Not only in which Chicago, means, yeah, anywhere the money, around the which world. Which means the money is always going to be. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, the money no is always gonna going to be big enough because Vince them are going to pay up I for that yeah, reaction. I guarantee you, yeah, right. if Vince McMahon announced tomorrow that CM Punk is coming back and his first match is going to be uh, SummerSlam. WWE network sales are gonna go through the roof yeah. immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a win-win oh, yeah. for I mean, both it's, sides. It's, it, you know what it is? There, there's always talk of you know like who would get the biggest pop on return, and up until Shane came back last year, I think Shane was number one and Punk was number two, or vice versa. 
Uh-huh. There's nobody in that realm other than Punk right now. No. There's nobody that's even within a country mile of him in terms of no. the level of reaction if he came back to WWE. Nobody. Nobody's but, even uh, close. But see, this is what I keep saying. If he comes back, WrestleMania faces John Makes Cena. Makes too much sense, Carl. You can imagine how many quality matches he get up after oh, that. Listen. Shinsuke CM sense. Punk. Oh, my God. CM Punk, AJ Styles. Why are we doing this? Like, like just Why are we doing CM Punk, this? Seth Rollins. CM Punk, oh, KO. My God. CM Let's Punk. Say, oh, the promos. Seth oh, Rollins, CM Punk, Dean Ambrose, CM Punk, Roman Reigns. We can do this all day. Like, that's a year and a half of quality television. that you You can imagine a feud. He could be the replacement Paul Heyman guy while Brock Lesnar takes this hiatus. I hate you. Like it's just it's, I hate you. It's, I have saying. enough struggles oh keeping CM Punk out of my articles, out of this podcast <laughs> as it is. There's always no, CM Punk reference. No, I've looked back at the last the I last few things. Just like I can't even avoid it. Nah, I nah. Say make your references. AJ for the be yourself the, for the women. Follow your heart. Look, see, like I told y'all, the first part we did before before he left, CM Punk was my absolute favorite wrestler at the time. Yes. My all time favorite is Sean. I I can't get away from Shawn Michaels. He's my all time favorite wrestler, right? CM Punk is a close second. Mm. Like, and I mean, uh, almost a 1A, 1B type of situation, part. right? Before it was Edge, nah, it's, it's, it's definitely... See, but like, for me, like, I'm, I'm always that dude where what I see first kind of gets ingrained. So, Sean is always going to be my favorite because that's who I watched when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah. The same way, as much as I've liked all of the James Bond movies... License to Kill will always be my favorite one. <laughs> we had that thing on VHS back in the day, and trust me, I probably watched that a hundred times. You gotta see it, bro. I mean, yeah. so it's just, it is what it is. But to me, yeah, man. I mean, see, I'm literally, let me tell you something. Twitter would literally break. If, Agreed. if you're sitting down yes, watching Raw on a Monday night, SmackDown on a Tuesday night, or a pay-per-view on a Sunday night, and you hear Cult of Personality start, I would literally run out of my house screaming like a <laughs> maniac, okay? Like I would I would die. I my I would be in WhatsApp and Twitter so fast, like my phone would explode. You know like that is the level of reaction. So I mean to me, if they ever got to a point where they felt like they needed to like, you know, um pull in case of emergency, right, that, CM that, Punk that is that card. Yeah. He is that, okay, we need to, great, to great really spike sale. network sales and be really in trouble. <laughs> yeah, That's great, the glass. You go up, you glass. roll up a Brinks truck to that dude's house. You have Vince McMahon put a friggin' plane in the air with the apology flying from the tail. <laughs> you have, you roll out the red carpet. You tell that dude, we will let you beat anybody that you want, but we need you back. You saying WrestleMania is Boy, a wide a lot, open. That's a lot of pride. John Cena I mean, WrestleMania, would, WrestleMania, I think, against John Cena would be a moment to do it, though. That, it, it would be oh, the moment man, to do that it. That would definitely be it. I'm just saying, that next would. year it's in New Orleans. Yeah, I hate you. Superdome. I hate you. Let's try and get these, let's get these ticket sales uh, I right. Hate, I hate Carl if you bring I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, of course, this has been off the turnbuckle on the Ten YS Podcast Network. You see why we only do this once every four. Hey, weeks. Hey, but like, it's what? it's epic though. It's epic. Yeah, it's, it's I epic. I mean, we clearly oh, have man. to. We have to. We have to be consistent leading up to and coming out of SummerSlam. But yeah, I'm just saying, Vince. If you get CM Punk, we'll do this every week. Yeah, that's the right. deal. We'll right off the top. Hey, listen, <laughs> I can talk about CM Punk all day. Every. <laughs> um, but until next time, I think Alexis does this way better than me. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do the thing. There we go. We're out.